Honey, it's our favorite time of year, and I got you something to celebrate. <gasps> a McRib? It's just what I wanted. Happy McRib season, sweetie. Mm, I love you. I love you, too. Mm. Actually, I was talking to my McRib. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll leave you two alone. Right now, enjoy a McRib meal and get another tasty McRib sandwich for just a dollar. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Alright, folks, this is Jack Newtown here. Yes, well, this right there, there we go. Uh, let me right here. Okay, we'll just probably just play this video again. Um. Let me look on here. It's not what I want. Mm, okay, we're not going to deal with that. We're just going to keep it moving. Chairman Elijah Cummins, who passed at a 68. And he recently passed away, I believe it was on the 16th, if I recall. Sorry. Give me some water. On the 16th, I recall that he uh, passed away at age 68. Now, this was the chairman, chairman of the House and Oversight Committee. So he was basically the big overseer of a lot of things in dealing with money, immigration, etc. So he is the chairman over that. So this is a very powerful position as a seated congressman. And he died as a seated congressman. Of course, the president has ordered these flags to be half staff in his in honor of the uh, high ranking chairman. And of course, in the past, the chairman and the president has got into it back and forth, jousting with each other with attacks on Twitter and uh, verbal communication back and forth. So there was some headbutting between the two and it mainly is focused on immigration. And that's what was Chairman Cummins' uh, passion was the issue with dealing with people who come into this country that need help from the United States of America. Now, you can agree or disagree in however you uh, look at his uh, standpoint but that was his passion. He actually did something. He was proactive in issues that he believed that were near and dear to him. Um, there are some people who have issues that were near and dear to them. And his was particularly immigration and the wellness of the people. Now, Congressman Cummins, let's do a little bit about him since let's you know, get to know him a little more. Congressman Elijah E. Cummins was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, where he currently resides. He obtained his bachelor's degree in political science from Howard University, serving as student government president and graduating Phi Beta Kappa. Phi Beta Kappa. Hold on. Phi Beta Kappa. I think that's a not. It's not Phi Beta Sigma's Phi Beta Kappa. Um. 
Okay, Phi Beta Cap. Okay, that's more like a honor society. Okay, so he so he was a member of the honor society. So he was very intelligent man. Um, Phi Beta Kappa is an honor society. So he was a member of Phi Beta Kappa. And then graduated from the University of Maryland School of Law. So he obviously he studied for law, law school. Congressman Cummins has dedicated his life of service to uplift and empowering the people he's sworn to represent. He began his career of public service in the Maryland House of Delegates, where he served 16 years and became the first African-American in Maryland history to be named Speaker Pro Temp. First sworn in as member of the U.S. House of Representatives in 1996, Congressman Cummins has proudly represented Maryland's 7th District since 1996. He became ranking member of the committee in 2011. He was appointed as chairman of the committee in 2019. Uh, Congressman Cummins often says that our children are the live message that we send a to a future that we will never see. In that vein, he is committed to ensuring that our next generation has access to quality health care and education, clean air and water and strong economy defined by fiscal responsibility. Which, yeah, I agree with that, but there wasn't a lot of fiscal responsibility in the west side of Baltimore. Now, could I put all the uh, the heat on comments? No, I can't. But he is the Bowery over there. He is the overseer of Baltimore. So I can't put all the heat on him. You got to go from the local politicians, the mayors, the uh, city hall, the city council, the city manager, and then Congress and then up to the chairman. But overall, I do believe the buck should have stopped with the chairman right there. And there are good areas in Baltimore. Don't get me wrong. There are, there are a lot of good areas in Baltimore. And there are a lot of bad areas in Baltimore, particularly West Baltimore. There's a lot of bad areas in West Baltimore. But then there's quite a bit of good areas in, in the other side of Baltimore. It's just West Baltimore tends to get neglected a lot. Uh, ignored. Uh, let's see. And then also we got to hear Elijah Cummins is seeing this Democrat debate crap. Elijah Cummins, representative, well, chairman Elijah Cummins, son of sharecroppers who rose to become one of the most powerful Democrats in Congress and a central figure in the impeachment investigation of President Donald Trump. Died on Thursday in Baltimore in his hometown where I was wrong. It was 17th, not 16th. In his hometown, he was 68. His death at John Hopkins Hospital was confirmed by his wife, Maya Rockamore, Rocky Moore Cummins, the Maryland State Democrat Chair, Democratic Chairwoman. Let me look her up. Okay. Wow, she's young. God damn, you old pimp. Damn, he got him a good one. Got him a good looking one. That nigga macking. I didn't know that nigga was macking. Shoot, man. Shoot, about damn seven years old. Yeah, damn woman out there. No. God damn, man. You. What the Pippin ain't no illusion, man. Shoot. That nigga macking. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the Maryland State Democrat Chairwoman Spokesman Trudy Perkins said in a statement that Mr. Cummins died of complications concerning long standing. Health challenge. Okay, so he had some health issues in the past. 
Uh, no other details given. Mr. Commons, who was serving his 13th term in the House, had been in poor health. In recent years, he had begun making his way around the Capitol in a motorized scooter and using a walker to steady himself. In 2017, he was in the hospital for two months after the complications of heart valve replacement. Convinced, he told the New York Times and made that he was living on borrowed time. So he pretty much knew that he was uh, going to check out. Well, I didn't know this. I, I wouldn't notice. Uh, he obviously he put on a good face because I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell that he was he was going down that bad. Um, with a booming voice and speaking cadence that handed on the pulpit, his parents were preachers. Mr. Cummins was a compelling figure on Capitol Hill for more than two decades, repeatedly returned there by voters in Maryland, 7th Congressional District, which takes in much of Baltimore, including a section of the city with more than the share of social problems. He campaigned tirelessly for stricter gun control laws and help for those addicted to drugs. He was at the times gruff, but always respected. Yeah, he was rough. Now, as far as gun control, uh, gun control doesn't help. I personally believe in getting law-abiding citizens access to a concealed carry without paying. And, and, the, and the thing, right, you have high gun laws, but then it takes, what, $1,000 to carry a permit. I think that's, out of, that's outrageous. And that leaves vulnerable the young and older single black mothers that need those guns the most. The single black mothers need the guns the most. Now, I know people say, well, they always let the kids get this, let the kids get that. Look, there are kids that I know that have been shooting since they were two damn years old. I'm serious. I know kids have been shooting since five. And their parents got guns all over the damn house. They don't go, they wouldn't dare go around and Snatch that gun and shoot nobody. That gun going to stay right where it at. Because they know better. It's called discipline. And single, and I always say single black mothers need to be armed. They need to be uh, provided CCW instead of giving them free abortions. Fuck those free abortions. Why don't you give them free training on how to use a firearm? And give and give them a reduced cost CCW instead of making them pay five six hundred dollars for a damn permit. Just give it to them for fifty bucks. Just give it to them for fifty bucks. Teach black women, teach single black mothers in urban neighborhoods how to use a firearm, how to use a weapon, and including single white mothers because now you got a rise of single white mothers in urban neighborhoods. Now they're vulnerable, but mostly single black mothers who are vulnerable. And I always encourage single black mothers, like I tell my sister, you need to learn how to shoot that damn gun. Hell. Because I ain't going to always be there running running out there to another state to, to, to defend your ass. You're going to learn how to shoot that damn gun when, when some nigga bust you upside, trying to hit you upside the head. But um, that's why I always believe. And that's why I say that gun control does not help because it actually puts single black mothers in danger and if single black mothers had a firearm none of these little knucklehead negroes out there because ain't no white boys ain't running no damn urban neighborhood trying to rob and steal from you hell they if they want to do that they'll just get a lawyer and just take your damn land that's how they that's how they roll 
So when these damn knuckleheads try to rape you or these knuckleheads try to rape your child or try to home invasion, you can bam, bam, but buck, 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 bam on his ass. I'm just keeping it real. But gun control wasn't going to help Congressman Cummins, um, Chairman Cummins. It wasn't going to help. Never was, never will be. That was actually designed to leave black, single black mothers vulnerable to these, some of these evil, wicked ass brothers out here. Let's grow down. But it was this chairman of the House Committee of Oversight and Reform, the panel chain, charged with maintaining integrity in government that Mr. Congress may have left his most lasting legacy. The position gave him sweeping power to investigate the president, Donald Trump, and his administration, and he used it. He sparred with Trump in the most public of ways. In February, he summoned the president's former attorney, Michael D. Corn, rat, to testify about hush money payments to women who claimed to have an affair with Mr. Trump. Now, my thing is, who gives a rat's behind about the president giving loans to hush money was not in the form of campaign donations, then okay. But if it was just money himself that he was paying out, you know, to women he was sleeping around with, with Melania already knew, I mean, hello, how you think he got her? Mr. Cohen denounced Trump as a racist and a con man. But Michael Cohen, you have worked with Donald Trump for 10 years. You knew this. Sir, you knew this, but yet you knew this man was a racist and a con man, but you still worked with the man for 10 freaking years. So what does that make you, sir? That makes you a racist supporter and a con man your damn self. And you know you Jewish people like to say anti-Semitic, but then it's okay to talk bad about black people. Okay? It's okay to talk about white people and call them goyim. Okay? It's okay to talk about everybody else but y'all. Oh, you can talk about everybody else. Oh, it was just, yeah, y'all came with that bell curve. Y'all the ones that came up with that blacks have low intelligence. That was all intentional. But, but that's okay. But we can't talk about you. We can't talk about your great, great, great ancestor, Christoph Miners. You know, the man who created the idea of racism and racial theology. It wasn't Charles Darwin. It was Christoph Miners. And Charles Darwin learned this off of Johann Blombach. Johann Blombach was a student of Christoph Miners. Now, let's continue. And he issued subpoenas for the president financial records. Mr. Trump responded by suing him, prompting him to call the president's efforts to block congressional inquiries far worse than Watergate. Now, again, it's not required to to show your financial records as president. But if you are as president and you're using your businesses to gain earn money as president, that is a problem. But. I can say this, there's other presidents in the past that have taken money from corporations and benefited from corporate business and lobby interests. So what Trump is doing is no different than what any of all the other presidents have been doing in the past, including Obama. That's why it's going to be hard for that's what's going to be hard for it to stick. In an interview with The Times in May, Mr. Cummins was asked what message you would like to send to the president. 
He says, I want to send a message that we have one life to live. Mr. President, we replied, this is no dress rehearsal and that the American people simply want to live their lives without fear of their leaders. And we as leaders have a duty and responsibility to keep our promise to them when we ran for office and won. And that is to make their lives better. While we all on this earth, that's my message. Okay, seems a fair message. And there is comments right there. It's younger, 1996. Running for Congress. Let's scroll here. Even as his health kept him away from Washington in recent months, Mr. Cummins had closed out loud Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Remain involved in the impeachment inquiry into Mr. Trump. Those close to him said he joined the strategy calls with Mrs. Pelosi and other chairman and signed subpoenas from his hospital bed. In the house, Elijah was our North Star, Ms. Pelosi said in a statement. He was a leader, towering character and integrity, whose stern voice and steadfast values pushed the Congress and country to rise always to a higher purpose. Mr. Trump, in turn, hurled insults at Mr. Cummins, calling him racist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. A president calling the black congressman a racist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when we own over 50% of all businesses in America and across the globe, when we own the resources, the majority of the resources, when we own the majority of land, when we have our face on the money, when we have our history all over every year, all year in, in the school books, then you can call him a racist. But so far, we don't got that. So right now, you can't do that. You might call him a bigot or prejudice, but not a racist. And a brutal bully. <laughs> And a bully. Yeah, look in the mirror, Mr. President, who have done a very poor job representing his contention in Baltimore, but he keeps getting elected. Which the president declared a disgusting, rat and rodent infested mess, which there are areas that are rat and rodent infested. That is true. Now he's right. But does your son law have houses over there in that rodent and rat infested area? Is your son son in law a slumlord over there, sir? Yeah. Okay. But on Thursday, Mr. Trump offered his condolences to Mr. Cummins' family and praised the congressman on Twitter. My warmest condolences to the family and many friends of Congressman Elijah Cummins. I got to see firsthand the strength, passion, and wisdom of the highly respected political leader. His work and voice, so many fronts, would be very hard, if not impossible, to replace. Yeah, because he's finna peach that behind. In the Capitol, members of both parties praised Mr. Cummins for a social conscience and dodge determination. I can't tell you how many friends will call me and be in fear because they got a letter from Cummins. Yeah, because he is the chairman. <laughs> it's trouble. Representative Kevin McCarthy, Republican leader, said on the House floor, but he was a man of fairness, which that is true. I will say that. Congressman Cummins was fair. That he is one, and I'm not saying it because he passed. He is actually one of the more fair Democrats out there. Even though he's a hard ass, that that's for sure. He is a hard ass. He is a hard ass, but he is a fair. He is a he is a fair congressman. I will give him credit. I will give Congressman Cummings credit. He is fair. 
even though he's a hard ass, but he is fair. That is true about him. Mr. Commons prided himself on his slow, methodical manner, but he could work himself into a fiery rotation when his brow would furrow deeply and his voice would quiver with emotion. When Hillary Clinton, then the former Secretary of State, testified before the committee investigating 2012 terrorist attack on Benghazi, Libya, Mr. Commons, the panel's top Democrat, flew into a fury as she, she withstood hours of withering questions from Republicans. I don't know what we want from you, Mr. Commons cried, accused Republicans of using taxpayer dollars to try to destroy Miss Clinton presidents. Can we do we want to badger you over and over again until you do get so tired so we get the gotcha moment? When Mr. Cohen testified before him on February, the most arresting moment came not from the witness but from the congressman himself. We got to get we got to get back to normal. Mr. Commons thundered from the dais in an impassioned eight-minute closing statement that quickly went viral. Elijah Eugene Commons was born on January 18, 1951 in Baltimore, one of the seven children of Robert and Ruth Commons and grew up in the city, which was still deeply segregated. His parents were former sharecroppers from South Carolina who moved north to improve prospects for themselves and their children. Mr. Commons often spoke of his mother, who, with only a fourth grade education, went from doing domestic work to eventually founding her own church. He said her humble past has a profound influence on him. He graduated Pi Beta Kappa from Howard University, which is Honor Society in Washington, where he was a student government president with a degree in political science. He earned a law degree from the University of Maryland, was a practicing lawyer while serving for 14 years in the Maryland House of Delegates, where he was the first African-American in the state's history to be named Speaker Pro Tem. Mr. Cummins had been eyeing a seat in the United States Senate where Democrats were in a minority, where he entered in the crowded field in the special election 1996 to fill the House seat of Kwase Mufum, who had resigned to become president of NAACP. Ms. Cummins beat more than two dozen other Democrats in primary, which in heavily Democratic Baltimore is territory to win in the general election. He never had a serious challenge after that. In Washington, Mr. Cummins became active in the Congressional Black Caucus and served as his chairman for a time. He mentored other members like Representative Lacey Clay, who said Mr. Cummins taught him life lessons and tutored him on the ways of Congress when he was a freshman. Gun control was a political as well as a personal issue with Mr. Cummins in June 2011. His nephew, Christopher Cummins, was shot to death in Virginia where he was a college student. In 2000, I think that was during the um, whole... Um, <clears throat> Shooting with that damn, what's that, Chong Hong Sok, that piece of shit from Virginia Tech, I believe. I think that was it. In 2015, as Baltimore in his own West Baltimore neighborhood erupted into riots at the funeral of Freddie Gray, a young black man who had died in police custody, Mr. Cummins took to the streets, bullhorn in hand to plead for calm hours earlier. Ever the preacher's son, he had delivered Mr. Gray's eulogy. Did you see him? Mr. Cummins roared, his voice rising anger as he employed the con- congregation to confront the invisibility of young black men. Did you see him? Did you see him? The congregation roared back with applause. Mr. Cummins rose through the ranks of the oversight committee to become his top Democrat. In 2019, after the Democrats took control of the House, he ascended to the chairmanship of a role that gave him wide latitude. He used his authority broad- broadly in investigating everything from whatever Wilbur Ross the Commerce Secretary had been truthful and explained why he had added a citizenship question to the 2020 census to 
policy matters like military suicides and high cost of prescription drugs. Ms. Pelosi had appointed Representative Carolyn Maloney of New York to be the committee's acting chairwoman. The relationship between Mr. Trump and Ms. Cummins got off to a rocky start. In an April 2017 interview with the New York Times, Mr. Trump recounted their first meeting, saying Elijah Cummins was in my office. He said, you will go down as one of the greatest presidents in history of our country. Ms. Cummins promptly issued a statement saying he had been misquoted. He said, during my meeting with the president on several occasions since then, the statement said, I have said repeatedly that he could be a great president if, if, he takes steps to truly represent all Americans rather than continuing on the divisive and harmful path he is currently on. That is true. Now, I will say this. Donald Trump, and look, y'all can, y'all can, y'all can chop it up all you want and edit and call me, call me a coon all you want. He has the potential to be a great president. I wouldn't say the greatest, but a great president. If he will cut all the bullshit out, okay, cut all that trash talking, Cut all all that name calling unless it's necessary, of course. Cut all the I'm gonna bully you this and bull you that, blah blah blah, and start pointing out things that is going on in society, particularly uh, police corruption. There is a lot of corruption in police department. Now I will say this: I am pro police, but I am anti corruption. Listen to me carefully: I am pro police, but anti corruption. I support the law. I respect and I adhere to the law of the lands. Yes, I do. I am a law abiding citizen, but I am against corruption, too. I'm against corruption that goes to the levels of law enforcement, especially law enforcement. And that needs to be addressed and that needs to be cleaned out. I respect the police. But I do not respect the corruption in the police department. I do not respect the fact that these officers are not being properly trained in how to deal with citizens or how to deal with people with mental illness of that sort. One, they're underpaid. And number two, they're untrained. They need to be more mentally trained than physically trained. They need to be more mentally trained than physically trained. They need to be trained psychologically. If if it's if it's for them, can they handle psychological situations? Can they handle high levels of stress? That is what they need to be quizzed on, not how strong they are. How strong are don't mean nothing, okay? Because there's always somebody that's going to be stronger than you. But but if they're psychologically conditioned in how to deal with situations, and I do believe they need to be paid more money, starting at fifty three thousand five hundred dollars a year as a rookie, and then moving on up. That should be the base salary. For every officer. Yes, for every officer, $53,500 a year should be a base salary. Beginning, starting salary. And then moving on up, on up, on up, on up. And when they rank and file, they get the big bucks. Yes, I 100% agree with that. So if the president can address corruption in the police department, if the president and there was a time the president was willing to have a race summit to, to address issue about and I really wanted to let, I really wanted to go down if they if they really want to go down hell I will go I will fly I would have flew over there I would have got some type of money I would have flew my black ass over there and talk about this because that needs to be addressed publicly. So then we both can get an understanding. Okay, well, damn, I didn't know y'all thought like that. Damn, I didn't know y'all was like that. I didn't know y'all had these values. 
because of media. Me and, and like I said, Trump is right on certain things. The media is the enemy of the people. Some of the media, not all of it, but the media is the enemy of the people. Yes, because the media has never been fair to black people. And y'all black people know this. Black folks, black, black people, y'all know this. Y'all know the media has never been fair to us as a whole. They have always slandered our women that make them look like they're masculine and make fun of the darker complected sisters and they make them think dark skinned women need this blonde ass fucking hair and these blue eyes and all this other crap and thin out their nose and just just egregious crap and and they thinking well you don't need to lose weight because of racism instead of encourage the sisters to work hard to condition their minds and their soul that their bodies can be better and they be better more functional and more positive no the media wants you to blame everybody else and not take any responsibility um, they make the black man more effeminate they put up transgenders t-dogs tranny boys as the face of black man are you freaking kidding me that's what they do they make them weak wide ass hips and stuff like that or they make them monsters make them look like monsters if they're masking they're like rapists the monsters and thugs yeah they're gonna thug. yeah and then they divide you if you're lighter skinned and you speak Spanish and you have you Afro Latina, they'll make they'll they'll start poking. They'll start putting y'all against each other. And a lot of y'all fall for debate, not knowing, hey, y'all pretty much the same damn people. Y'all closely related. I don't know why y'all fighting each other. Just because she got a, a different tongue and a and a different shade. And different hair texture does not make her any better than you. That's what the media pushes out. The media makes you think they're better than you. The media makes you think you're lesser than them. That's what it is. And these gossip sites don't make it any darn better. They don't make it better. These gossip sites don't make it better. Because that's how they make their money. Through gossip. You take the gossip away, Madame Noir, the Jasmine brand, uh, the Shade Room, they ain't got nothing to report. If you take all the gossip, the hip hop, the basketball wise, loving hip hop, you take all the entertaining gossip out of the whole situation, they don't have shit to report to. You take all the fights and drama, they have nothing. They'll be going out of business. They'll file bankruptcy because they don't report news. They only they only report crap and gossip. They don't report actual news that can actually benefit the people as a whole, as a nation. I'm going to get off my soapbox. This is about Mr. Cummins here. Mr. Cummins became ill that year, prompting his wife to abandon a bid for governor. He worked until his last breath, she said in a statement on Thursday, because he believed our democracy was the highest and best expression of our collective humanity that our nation's diversity was our promise, not our problem. Well, I don't know about the diversity part, but whatever. In addition to his wife, Mr. Cummins' survivors include two daughters, Jennifer and Adia Cummins. Let's hold on. Let's 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 look at let's look at these here. Let's see if they hold on. Hold up. Hold up. Okay, so 
Some good looking sisters. All right. Uh, let's continue. Six siblings, Robert Cummins Jr., Sharifia Blount, James Cummins, Diane Woodson, Cornell Cummins, and Yvonne Cummins Janice. You see, all, all the sisters are married. Thank God. Mr. Cummins was spiritual in his approach to his illness and his life. In a May interview, he told a story how one day when he was such in a dire pain that he thought he might faint, a hospital worker turned up at his bedside saying the Lord has sent her to deliver messages. I was just trying to get your attention. I'm not done with you. In the final months of the Capitol, Mr. Cummins often sat in his wheelchair by the fireplace in the speaker's lobby, the Orient Chamber off the House floor where he would read quietly or field questions from reporters. On Thursday, there was a fire going there, but Mr. Cummins' spot was empty. Wow. But, um, hmm. But again, we may not agree with Mr. Cummins or we may um, agree with him or may not. But he did work. He did a lot of work. You may not like him. You may not like how his approach with him and Trump. Um, yes, Baltimore, West Baltimore still has issues. They still have homelessness. They still have this. Yes. And, and some of that can be shouldered, shouldered on to him, particularly. Uh, but not all of it, because, again, you know, there's more people than him because then you got the governor. The governor has to also um, shoulder some of that blame as well. But um, again. Uh, Congressman um, did work. And um, hopefully that um, he lived in a manner according to God's uh, understanding <clears throat> and that he will be in the bosom of Abraham and then eventually into the kingdom when the kingdom comes on this earth because the kingdom will come on this earth, read the Bible. But um, he lived his life. He lived the way that he thought it was best. Um, he did work. May not like to work, but he did a lot of work. Um, and I got to respect that. Now, we may not agree with some of his policies or his direction being a Democrat, of course, but got to give the man respect. He did work. Um, even damn near on his deathbed, he still worked no matter what. Uh, got to give him respect for that. Um, now, I know some people say oh, Trump didn't write that. I wouldn't know. Um itself i wouldn't know personally i would not know i was not there when he did or did not do it uh but all we can say is um got to give the man credit for what he's done over the years as congressman as chairman um and and was contribute he has not been in jail he's not been put in jail he's not been accused of any of corruption there's there's nothing i can't say that Congress has been accused of corruption but I also got to say that, you know, if money's getting distributed over there and then if it doesn't hit in the right places, you got to kind of question that. Now, could that be him? I don't know. That could be the governor or the mayor or the city hall, or the city manager itself. 
Because again, he is a United States congressman, which means he deals with the with the whole country. He yes, he hails from that particular particular state, but he deals with the whole country as a whole. You got the local leaders that dropped the ball on that one. Now him, maybe not, maybe not getting on there properly. Okay, um, but again, we can't just point point put it all on him when it comes to West Baltimore. There are other factors as well. You got local leaders and and city leaders that they have failed as well when it comes to situations like that. But um, that's pretty much I got to talk about, particularly Mr. Commons. Uh, rest in peace, rest in power, um, rest in prosperity, uh, rest in spirit. Chairman Commons. Uh, I will be back on late, late, later, late tonight. Um, but um, Chairman Commons, uh, we respect you, what you did, what you contributed, and hope uh, your um, power stays steady and that you've done right in the, in the eyes of the Lord to be in the bosom of Abraham. This is Jack Newtown. If you got any questions, email me at jackrayshow1gmail.com or jacknewtown12 at gmail.com. Honey, it's our favorite time of year, and I got you something to celebrate. <gasps> a McRib? It's just what I wanted. Happy McRib season, sweetie. Mm, I love you. I love you, too. Mm, actually, I was talking to my McRib. Oh, okay, well, uh, I'll leave you two alone. Right now, enjoy a McRib meal and get another tasty McRib sandwich for just a dollar. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.